Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Community Possibilities. I'm so glad you are joining us today. My guest is Stephanie Malon Rufi. She is the owner of Spark Good. She is a business consultant and a leadership coach working with entrepreneurs who want to build their business to be a vehicle for social change. She is our kind of girl. I met Stephanie when I was the guest on the podcast that she hosts along with Tracy Womberg-Lem, who will be my guest on our next episode. They have a podcast so, uh, called Social Change Leaders Podcast, which is geared for social innovators. They offer tips, actionable ideas, and stories to inspire those of us who are on the front lines of social change. So Stephanie has an MBA, she focus, focuses on social entrepreneurship, and she is going to talk to us about social entrepreneurship, what that means. She's going to talk about uh, how we think about strategic planning, maybe in a more impactful way. So I know you're going to enjoy this episode, so let's get started. All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Community Possibilities. Well, it has been another tough week mm. in the United States for sure. Um, and I don't know about you, but I the only thing I know uh, how how to cope, Stephanie, is just to to stay in the stay in the work. That's mm -hmm. that's all I know how to do. I yes, I would agree. Take take a moment. I, I encourage people to take a moment for yourself as you need to, because it's been heavy, but then right. Stay in the work and look for those pieces of inspiration, um, where you can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I am speaking the Stephanie of whom I am mm -hmm. speaking with <laughs> is a uh, Stephanie Malon Rufi. Mm -hmm. And I want to just welcome you to my podcast. Thank and, you. And thank you for having me on yours. So you and your buddy, Tracy, mm -hmm. who's going to join me on the next episode has a <laughs> podcast that I found called the social change leaders podcast. And I love it. So that's how we got to know each other. We're mm -hmm. talking about the, the podcast in a minute. And I was just saying to Stephanie before, um, uh, she came on before I hit record rather, uh, that I feel like I've known you and Tracy for so long because we have so many things in common. I know. And isn't that, I love that too. Cause I love that we're connecting over our work and our passions and from different parts of the country. Right. Absolutely. That's so wonderful. Especially about this podcast world is meeting new people and connecting. So really happy to have had you and on our podcast and glad to be here today. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm going to put a uh, link in the show notes to not only that episode, of course, uh, but your podcast, uh, mm -hmm. which I was actually listening to this morning. Mm. Uh, but, but before we like go off in Jabberland, <laughs> let me hush and let you introduce yourself to my audience. Yes. I'm happy to do that. Um, 
So I, I am a entrepreneur with my own business, which is called spark good. And I work in this social entrepreneurial social enterprise space. Um, and, and even beyond that though, I also have a lot of familial roles in my life. I'm a, a mom, a wife, a daughter, I'm a friend, a community member, um, a volunteer, uh, I would also say I'm a traveler, a lifelong learner, a change maker, and a distiller. So those are some of the, I would say, the top of mind ways that I fit into our world <laughs> in those well, roles. Well, we definitely have a few of those roles in common, although I'm kind of on the the uh, the other side of the hill in terms of raising children. We have we have one that is it is he is launching as we speak, but I got to ask you about the distiller. Mm. What do you distill? <laughs> and please let it be wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> good point. Um, I like to drink the, drink the fruits of some of the distilling. Um, I would, and for me, it's, um, that's a lot of the role that I play. I, I work with a lot of visionaries and inspirational people. And what I'm really good at is helping them distill it and break it down so that they can actually go somewhere with this idea. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Me, me too. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I thought we might start with strategic planning because I know you do that, but I don't know, maybe we should go straight to the social entrepreneur thing. Yes. And both, both important and related too. Uh, <laughs> well, since you, yeah, since you brought, why don't we start there? I mean, I yeah. think I know what it is. I think I know a, like a little bit about that, but yeah, why don't we like skip ahead and let's just talk about that. So what, yes. let's start with the definition for those folks yes. who may not know. And here, and you know, and, and there's, it's, there's a lot, people kind of look at it in different ways. And so I'll kind of talk to you about the way that I, I view it. And it's really, um, how you can take a market-based business, right? So something that's, um, competing with, you know, other businesses, um, and how can you take a business and also have social impact with it? So, and there's different, there's a lot of different ways that people can do that. Um, and I can tell you kind of some of the, the, I would say the buckets where people find themselves when they're trying to have a, a social enterprise, um, or they're starting out as a social entrepreneur, but, um, just to kind of give you some, some, uh, a framework of where that all fits in. So there's different ways, right? So sometimes it's the way that the sort of who your workforce is. Okay. So that can be, um, and there might be a particular population, um, a lot, a pretty common one might be people who have formerly incarcerated and having a business that's employing that population that typically has a lot of barriers to employment. And so, th so that's an example, right? So of like your, what your staffing model is of how you're having a social impact. People also, um, a lot of times it can also be all your profits are going to go towards a particular cause. Um, you know, probably one of the early ones of doing that was Paul Newman. Do you remember do Newman's own, right? Like oh, absolutely. He, all of the profits from that business went to, um, went to his, I believe to his charity, which was a lot of different camps and things that he had, but, um, 
so so that's another example right so that's so it's where you're using all the the, the profits that you're generating um another one can also be the the um the sourcing of like what you're using right the the sustainable products what is actually going into what you might be making where are you getting your raw materials from so and th there's a lot of environmental companies that are looking at that so that's just some ideas of like the social impact can be in different places. Um, it can even be through who you're serving. Um, you know, I work with a lot of clients that are looking to serve, to change so many, um, you know, whether you're talking about a wellness center or a, a therapy center, and they're, they're a very white centered space. And so I have a lot of clients that are looking at opening places for those types of services for, for not centering, you know, white people. <laughs> So that's another example of, of who you're serving and how you're serving them in a way that's having a better impact for the, the recipients. So those are some examples of what social enterprise can be. Okay. You know, that's kind of not what I was thinking. I guess I was thinking about like, I don't know, maybe marketing a product. Like you think of uh, folks maybe from another country who are making a product and selling it here. So I was thinking... Mm. Well, well, and that's part of it. That can okay. be part of it because that's like ethical sourcing, right? So okay. that's a whole area of like, you know, fair trade. We've probably seen that packaging, right? Is this fair trade coffee? That's a very common one because coffee mm -hmm. comes from different parts of the world, um, parts of the world that often can get taken advantage mm -hmm. of, right? So something like fair trade. So that, that falls in the realm as well. So that it's just, I think people don't realize there's lots of different ways that you can have a social impact and what that model looks like um, can be really different. Okay, great. So that, yeah, so there's a, um, there is a community center in my local area and they have a coffee shop and it's run by young people with all sorts of maybe developmental or intellectual mm -hmm. disability. So that would be an mm -hmm. example of a social that would be right. Yes. Yeah. The uh, oftentimes sort of the food industry is a, a big place where, because um, industries where you need, um, you know, kind of a larger workforce mm -hmm. and might have more entry level positions. So that's often a model that is used. So um, I got, I got to ask you, and it kind of gets back to help, helping us get to know you, but how did you get interested in this? Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I had wanted, I always sort of service work was always of interest to me. Um, I thought that, so I was going to go into more kind of that clinical psychology route. I think we both yeah, had, me too. That, <laughs> had that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but I was actually, I was really fortunate because I, um, ended up working at a social enterprise. It's an, it was a nonprofit started in like the 1980s before social enterprise was even really a thing, but it started as a nonprofit, but ran several business units and the workforce at the time that they were employing was people who were in living in halfway houses who had been through like addiction recovery and were now living in a halfway house. So finished primary treatment now trying to kind of get back on their feet. Um, and this particular organization had several lines of business. So would hire people living in these halfway houses as a place, a sober place to be employed, mm -hmm. um, along with some job skills training, um, you know, and kind of those other components to it. But I had, so I was fortunate. I got to work there. I started in an administrative role and then I actually worked in development because, um, 
about 20 to 30% of the budget still came from fundraising. So that was still one of the, you know, kind of the revenue sources, but so, um, so it was that experience and that, and I also realized I really liked the sort of the business piece of it and like, how are you marketing? And, and here, um, you are selling to, you're, you know, you're selling your services to businesses that can also get bids from other just for-profit businesses that don't have the same model. And so that really interested me. And so I actually ended up going to business school because I didn't have any of those skills. I didn't understand anything about, and I wanted to know the financials and just all of those components to it. Um, and, and that, um, and then while I was there, I also realized, oh, I actually really also love entrepreneurship and, um, and just kind of starting at that ground level and how to develop and grow something. And so, and it was in that process that I got connected with other social businesses and um, social enterprises and just started doing, doing that work and working within some startup organizations, both um, nonprofit as well as for-profit. That's the other thing. You can have it the sort of that legal model or right if you're for-profit or nonprofit, both can be social enterprise. And that's not my area of expertise per se, but I understand how you have to operate differently depending what your legal entity is as well. But that's how I started getting into it. And so having worked within some organizations and companies, um, and then I was ready to, to go out on my own. And I love, as I said, working with that visionary with the great idea. And um, I'm just, I find it super inspiring, but I also feel like I'm really helpful at helping them. Okay, how can we rein this in? How can we communicate about it in a way other people understand so that we can actually help you make this happen, right? Because we, we, we know there's a lot of people who are very visionary and they have these amazing ideas, but if they can't break it down, it's, you know, it's hard for them to get traction. Right. Yeah. And if they can't make money off of it, that vision is never going to come to a fruition. Well, so, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, so you help them with the vision process, with the scalability, with, and how are we going to like make this sustainable, all of those things, right? Exactly. And so that's where um, I'm also pretty good at kind of being up there, like, what is the strategy, right? And, and helping them think through it. And then let, we got to get it down to that granular level of how mm -hmm. is this going to work. Um, and that's the other piece I really love is that, and it's really leadership development, right? So that person who's leading the way, making sure that what they're creating, that they can, that that's going to work also for them. Um, that's a big piece of it too. I really, I'm a strong believer in like, if you're in a role, what, no matter what, you don't have to be leading an organization, but if if the work's not working for you, it's got to be more aligned. And mm -hmm. I think actually, it, as a world, we're realizing that more and more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I, and that, you, that's one of the things I've noticed. Um, and maybe we can come back to this in a minute that you guys yeah. talk a lot about on your podcast is, you know, what are the characteristics of someone who considers themselves a social change leader, which mm -hmm. of course is my audience too. I wanted to yeah. touch base with you just really quickly before we hold, leave the whole so, social entrepreneurship about this mm -hmm. idea of, because um, I've heard you talk about this, uh, the community engagement. If you could talk about that piece in relation to social entrepreneurship, like do you have clients where maybe the community like, uh, yeah, we kind of don't want those folks in our neighborhood or they're just not receptive or how, how do you, how, how does that, 
how does that social entrepreneur make sure that, you know, somebody's ready to pick up what they're putting down, you know, they're, we're selling this and, and this is going to go. How do you, how, how do they do that? Right. And making sure, right. Again, so it's like what they're bringing forward is actually part of what's needed <laughs> um, to that for the solution that they're bringing forward. Um, right. Really important because there's definitely, um, I mean, I haven't been in those experiences, but having seen where a, a business, I mean, it can be, or a nonprofit is bringing forward the solution that really is not a fit and it, it's not gonna, it's not gonna go. And so, right. A big part of it is what is the community you're serving and have you made relationships in that community? That's where partnerships can be really important. I mean, even myself in my work, I partner with some organizations that work with social entrepreneurs that are providing support and resources. Um, and part of that, on the one hand, yes, that's a way that I'm working with more people, right? But on the other hand, it's also, I can collaborate and also know like, what are the needs? What are you seeing? What is, you know, and, and just, so that's where partnering within the community with other organizations, or it could be individual leaders. Um, and that's part of the, the conversation of what you're developing and is this going you know, getting feedback on it. I would say another thing too, and this is, um, you know, I also really encourage people um, just to also get out there with what you have. So if you've done some of this work and you've made some of these um, relationships, well, then you just, let's just get it out there and kind of see, because you're probably going to have to modify. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's the other um, piece of it. It's, um, there's a great book um, by Anne May Chang called Lean Impact. I don't know if you're familiar mm -hmm. with that. Um, highly recommend it to anyone interested um, who's in nonprofits, for profits, anywhere. But when you're looking to have um, a business and have a social impact, it's a really, it's a great book with a lot of um, good information. And so one of the things in that is, is just getting in this kind of feedback loop. So just getting out there and then being open to feedback and modifying and then doing it again. Right. Now you're speaking my language. That's evaluation, <laughs> right? That's evaluation. We don't yes, like, we absolutely. Don't just, yeah. We don't just like crunch numbers or collect stories just to do that. We want to know whether or not what we've designed is having the impact that the community wants, right. And expects, and we want to, yeah. And we want to improve whatever we're doing. That's the goal. Right. So I don't know about you, but on my um, morning walks, I'm getting in the habit. I just read Atomic Habit, Habits by uh, James Clear. Oh, another favorite. I love that book. <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to talk books all day. But <laughs> I listen to either a book or uh, a podcast. And this morning, I was listening to your solo episode because you and Tracy record a lot together, but you've mm -hmm. been doing things. And I was listening to your episode on strategic planning that you recorded mm. on my anniversary, by the way. So, oh. <laughs> so I serve a lot of nonprofits and foundations, like I know you do. Mm -hmm. And I have seen a lot of strategic plans in my life. Well, in the last 20 years, anyway, <laughs> um, some are good. Um, some are not so good. Very few have measurement. 
built in, which is an evaluator really kind of like, ah. um, <laughs> so let's talk about, um, strategic planning. Cause I know that's one of the services you uh, mm-hmm. provide, and I will definitely link to this episode because um, you talk about who needs a strategic plan and why. So maybe you could speak to that for a little bit. And then I do want to talk yeah. about that whole measurement piece. I have to. Yes. <laughs> um, right. You know, a strategic plan. I mean, so my opinion is that really everyone needs, everyone needs this. Um, and and it might look different depending on your organization or your business. Um, but I think a lot of times people think of strategic plans as maybe you have to be this very large organization or the or nonprofits do it, you know, kind of every five or so years, or you're a big company and that, you know, and that if you're smaller, maybe you don't, people don't, I think, realize that actually, you know, the strategic plan um, is like such a key document because um, and that it's a living document. I mean, that's the thing too. And I mean, I've seen, you know, oh, do you have a strategic plan? And people, they're dusting it off, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> right, because oh, they don't yeah. use it. And that's a problem. If it's not set up for you to use. Um, and again, if you're, and that's where for sure evaluation and measurement comes in because you've got to kind of check back with that to see, are we making the progress we want to make? But that strategic plan is just so critical because that that really houses, that has, that's where your vision is and your mission and values to begin with. I think we both agree that if you don't have those, you better go work on that right away. Um, that's really important. But then it's that strategic plan is really giving you, um, helping you think through what are your long-term goals and what's your action plan to get there? And how do you know you're getting there? Because you have to build in those measurement pieces. Um, and I just, and again, it, and it can look different for different, depending on your situation, right? Especially younger organizations, I, strategic plans tend to be something that you're kind of revisiting and, and developing on a more frequent cycle versus a you know more mature organization might be doing that three to five year um, process. But it is just so helpful because it just, that strategic plan is going to help give you the direction, outlining those measurable goals that you need to have to know that you are on the path going where you want to go. And it's also a chance to check in because maybe you're going to pivot or change, right? Um, but, and that goes back to your strategic plan of where are you trying to go and does it make sense where you're headed or do you need to make that change? But um, I just cannot, um, I just really advocate that everyone needs to really spend time and do that front work and create that strategic plan for themselves and their business or organization. Is it just me or is it most of the, I'll just say from my perspective, most of the strategic plans I have seen have usually don't have measurement built in, right? So they have, you know, they've got the mission, they got the vision, they got their major strategies. Here are the, maybe it's tasks or the tasks that we're going to do. And I think, maybe I'm wrong, but I think the reason why they don't get used a lot of times is because they don't have that measurement piece. There's not that implementation part of it. And so it becomes, oh yeah, that was this really arduous experience that we all went through. I think I'm going to put that in the file cabinet. Um, so am, am I just like jaded? No, you, I think that's true me. because people, because they, 
that's so true, right? People think, oh gosh, doing the strategic plan, it becomes this sort of mountain of work and then that you just want to get through, but not come back to it. Right. And if you have good measurement in there, then it's something you're going to be wanting to check in with continuously, you know, quarterly. I, I recommend you, right? At least. Oh, good. That I was going to ask you, how often <laughs> should you look at it anyway? I mean, I, I'm a fan. I mean, I know I personally, or a lot of my clients were at least, you know, quarterly because that's the quarter should be kind of, you look at that and okay, what's going to happen over this next quarter. That tends to be a good amount of time that sort of 12 to 13 week period. Um, so I would be checking in with that on a quarterly basis and then reviewing it on an annual basis. Like, really getting in like, right. You know, looking through that as you're preparing for your next year, that's what I, that's how I tend to work with a lot of my clients. And that's what I think, um, can be the most effective. Right. So then you, you, as you know, someone who owns their own business. So when you're writing, uh, or working with a client about what they need in terms of strategic plan, and that that's probably one of your deliverables then like, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to, we're going to have some coaching along the way. We're going to have some check-in. We're going to see how, so it's not just like, I'm creating this thing. Here you go. Exactly. And okay. so even when I'm working, if I'm doing that kind of one-on-one coaching, it's like, yep, I'm, I'm leading them back to that place too. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I love that. Cause I actually have been hired a few times to do the, the, um, the, the, the KPI part or the, the data part of that, because it kind of wasn't done. So I would, I I think we're in agreement there that, um, how you're going to measure it, how you're going to assess it, having that, having that process needs to be part of it. And if it's not, then keep looking for the right consultant or call Stephanie. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Okay. I appreciate that. I really do. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, and I don't know if this is going to circle us back to social entrepreneurship Mm. is social enterprise. Have I, have we, have we just gone back to the bar? Well, well, you know, social, so again, this is where there's a lot of these terminologies and a lot of them do kind of come back to that same place. I would say social, um, people think of social entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship. So they're thinking more of that individual person starting a business. Social enterprise tends to be the term that a lot more people use in the nonprofit world. Um, And whether they are a social enterprise or nonprofit could start a social enterprise, right? I mean, and I think this is happening more because nonprofits are, they're trying to diversify where their revenue is coming from, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's a lot of thought that, you know, doing a, all funded, all (laughs) doing that development work and just having your whole budget coming from that can be challenging. And the idea of like, if we have a social enterprise, that's a revenue stream that we might have more um, potentially control over. You might be able to develop something that has some consistent revenue coming from that. So I think a lot of times in the nonprofit world, social enterprise really is um, the term that's most um, used. Okay. So can you give me some examples of how that plays out then? So would it be something they sell or maybe they develop a strategy and sell that to other nonprofits or, I mean, it's not, it's not like my kid sells wrapping paper for their elementary school. I mean, what does it look like? (laughs) 
yeah, it, it's going a little, a little bit of kind of beyond there. And I would say, um, and in nonprofit, um, one of the most common models is that kind of that employment piece though, right? And employment, the employment model where what is the population that you're working with and is there a way that they can, um, um, be engaged with this social enterprise? So, Okay, so here's an example um, that they're in, in Minneapolis. There's a place called Cookie Cart, and they work with high schoolers um, who are in some lower socioeconomic neighborhoods um, and trying to put, and the idea is that they're employing them to work at this bakery uh, that produces cookies. And, um, and through this process, it's um, hel helping them to understand how to have an a job, right? Especially high schoolers, they're learning that it's also providing, providing a job. So providing some, um, some income for, for these adolescents, but cookie card itself, uh, it also is very, it's well known as a place, especially they like to cater, you know, kind of lunches, or if you're, you know, the sort of larger events where you need to order cookies. So they have been very successful and creating like really delicious product, right? That could compete with another bakery um, because people really want the product. But then knowing that by purchasing from Cookie Cart, right? You're employing these, um, these high school students and that the money's going back into some, some programming and some soft skills development is, um, you know, very satisfying, obviously from a consumer standpoint. But, there, but that's an example where, um, here's a nonprofit and um, how starting this social enterprise, this bakery, both, um, you know, it's employing as well as providing some additional training because they have some money, which they're self-funding. So there, so that would be kind of a, you know, and, and that's an example that you'll see um, a number of nonprofits when, so sort of kind of depending what's the population that they're working with can really um, develop a business that, um, is successful and also meeting their goals. So you did a great job. I, I, I in my head, I'm drawing a picture of their theory of change, right? Mm, <laughs> so mm -hmm. That's what yes, I think. Yes. Right. So yep. that's that 40,000 foot view up. <laughs> yes. And I, I'm and, I also, and I just kind of saw their strategic plan as well. So, um, right. So their vision then would be to, uh, develop uh, some uh, entrepreneurial skills. Among, I don't know if that would be their vision, maybe uh, contribute to the economic development of, of the community. Maybe I'm not quite sure. Um, and maybe you can talk about the difference between mission and vision, because all of a sudden I'm getting the, I don't know if you ever saw this Dilbert cartoon from like years ago where um, they're talking about, we can't be talking about those vision things because we're talking about mission or anyway, it was Oh, <laughs> you would, you would have to see the cartoon. Right. It's really funny, but, but I kind of heard their, I heard their strategic plan and what you were just talking about. Like, mm -hmm. so we're, we're, you know, we've got this, uh, desire to contribute to these young people. We also want to be competitive as a business. So there are strategies, right? So right. that would, yeah. Yes. I mean, and I think, and that's a key thing too. And that's, is that when you have a social enterprise or this, you know, so, um, a social business or how you call it, um, you, what you're producing and sort of the quality, it needs to be 
on par with what's in the marketplace. And that's where, you know, run it when I say a market-based business, right? When I kind of use that terminology, that's what I'm referring to. So it's like, you really have to put on more of that business hat of, okay, how are we going to be competitive just with this product? Okay. Beyond this, like, it's kind of like the social impact pieces, like the Mm -hmm. icing on the cake, right? Like, oh my God, this cookie's amazing. I'm so glad I found this bakery. And then, oh my gosh. And now I'm supporting these, these individuals. So that's where it's like, wow, this is really Mm -hmm. to, in my, you know, sort of what I've seen that really works the best, right? Where you're um, what you're actually just producing and doing is also top quality or, or where you want to be. Right. I mean, maybe right. People want to be more, you know, in a mid-level place or whatever, <laughs> however they want to position themselves in the market, but that you're right. aware that you're in a market. So, right. so that's also a really key component as well. Yeah. Cause it, it gives, it gives somebody an excuse to maybe I'm going to go to that, uh, that bakery with that social enterprise, you know, heart, that's a block. Maybe it's a block away from me, but it sure beats my local grocery store cookies. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So that, so that's um, right. And so, and that's where, you know, for nonprofits sort of getting into that space. Um, so sometimes, you know, they might need to bring in other expertise for that social enterprise component of their, of their organization. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, uh, one thing I was hoping we had time, and I think we do, if if you've got time to hang on yes. with me, because I listened to your series uh, mm. about the five C's for mm. successfully building a social change business. And you guys spent a lot of time talking and building up social change leaders. So can you tell us what the five C's are? I can. And thank you, Anne, for listening to that. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Um, okay. So the five C's, so this, and I've put this together and again, this is just based on the work that I have done and what I've seen kind of been in, being in this field and I've, you know, over 20 years of experience here. Uh, so, but the five C's and I'll go through them quick. So one I see is for competition. So this is what I was just talking about, right? That you're a market-based business and, and really how are you going to be competitive in the market? Right. So kind of not taking away even that social impact piece and just really focusing on what is it you're putting out there and where, where do you want to position yourself? So, so that, so if you're really clear on that and do that well, that's great. So that's the first C. The second C is cha-ching and that's the money piece. And the reason that I talk about this is because there's a lot of, you know, money and, and profit. Sometimes profit is not, is looked upon as a dirty world, right? In the nonprofit world, a lot of times there's this kind of conflict between, um, money and people, you know, how individuals and how organizations view money, but you have got to get really comfortable with money and money. Um, we need money. You've just got to, the, the more you can embrace it, um, and kind of settle that with yourself and your organization, then it's just going to help you keep going further. But I find that a lot of people have, um, kind of some mindset issues around, mm-hmm. around money. Um, and that comes, that comes to play too, in like pricing, right? Mm. So, so, so the, the money thing shows up in some different places. And so I really, um, I just, just got to get it out there. And I, I can't think of a client I've worked with where we haven't talked about money at some point. Right. So, so that's really important get comfortable with it. Um, 
you need it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't help anybody if you if your nonprofit is not financially stable, you're not going to well, help it's anybody. True. Right. And I've been part of those that are band-aiding it together. And then eventually what happens is they die sort of this very slow death, right? Because mm -hmm. that hasn't gotten figured out. So right. then three is community. And when I say community, it is the, yes, the community that you're looking to serve and impact. It's also who's the community that you're working with. What's the community that's supporting you? Um, do people understand, are you in a community with people that understand what you're trying to do? Um, you know, especially when people are starting a business for, in it's for profit, and then you want the social impact, some people don't get it. Right. <laughs> so, um, so you want to make sure that your community like gets what you're doing and can really support you in that. So when I say community, that's not just who you're serving, but mm -hmm. partners, even who you're hiring, right. They need to be on board and understand what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. Four is change. So that's where we're getting to what's the change that you want to see and what's, and, and starting at that top vision level. Okay. So what's the, you know, what's the big thing in the world that you wish was different mm -hmm. and then bringing that down to where are you fitting into that? And then the fourth piece, or sorry, the fifth piece, the fifth <laughs> C is care. So care, and that's going back to the individual. And um, as I was kind of saying before, like, I really, I do work one-on-one -on -one with people who are the, um, the leaders of their organization. Maybe they're a solo business owner, right? Doesn't matter kind of where they are. Are you, you have to know what the care for yourself is. So you can really be the mm -hmm. best version of yourself and best leader you can. And so that is just like really important. So those are the five C's. Yeah. Awesome. So is this something that you, you teach on or you're mindful of when you're, uh, you're working with clients or do you do one-on-one -on -one coaching? How does, how do, how do you bring that into your work? Yeah. So I would say, um, and I've started to do some sort of more speaking just to, to talk about what those are mm -hmm. and help people think, cause some people have always thought through all those things. Um, in my work, um, it's not that I necessarily have a framework and we have to walk through these one mm -hmm. by one. They all come to come forward in mm -hmm. the work that I'm doing with people. Um, you know, sort of my approach, I, um, is trying to meet people where they are and the way that we work together, it's not, uh, necessarily, li necessarily linear. It can, you know, it can kind of go where it needs to go. Um, and so, but those five C's, as I said, every person I work with, every organization that comes to light mm -hmm. in, in some manner. And that, yeah. which is why those have sort of elevated to a point where I talk about them. Yeah, makes sense. And they certainly resonate with me for sure. Right. So, so Stephanie, I don't know how it is that we had never met before this online <laughs> space, but I truly do feel like I've known you all my life, which is not true and kind of, <laughs> and kind of sad, but I, but I do want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And, um, I don't know about you, but like I said, in the beginning, it's been a little bit of a rough week. So this might be a challenging question for you, but I got to ask you when you look to the future, what community possibilities do you mm, see? Yes. Um, you know, I, and I'll talk just a moment here as I'm answering this question about the, the podcast, which we mentioned at the beginning, which is Social Change Leaders Podcast, and which I have a co-host. And, and part of the work that we're doing in that podcast is we're also really trying to explore 
where um, the, where we can intersect government, business, and nonprofit, mm-hmm. sort of those pillars, right, in our world, um, in solving some in solving community challenges. And my my expertise is more in that in that business arm of it. Uh, but for me, when I see possibilities and the sort of the community possibilities, how can more of that synergy, how can those different areas connect better and do a better job of working together to solve some of our more, most pressing challenges? Um, and for me, when I, if I really drill down, I want to see more businesses that are having a social impact. And also, um, you know, some businesses have a negative impact mm. in the work that they're doing. So for me, it's, it's kind of, it's like, okay, neutralizing and, and then how can we have a better social impact? And so mm-hmm. that's, so when I see what's possible, it's how can there be more of that out in the world and mm-hmm. how can those three areas do a better job of solving our, our biggest challenges? I love that. I love that. And nobody's ever mentioned that before. So you're unique. Oh. Yay. I love it. Wonderful. So Stephanie, how can people get in touch with you or, or work with you if they would yes. like to talk um, to you? So my website's a great place. It's sparkgood.net. Um, and there's a, a way there that you can schedule time with me. Um, I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram, but those links are also on my website. So that's probably just the best place to land. Um, but, or connect with me on LinkedIn, send me a, a, a message. I am always happy to do a virtual coffee chat with people and, um, yes, excited to just connect further. You know, I just, uh, this year for me has been a lot about connection, right. As we're, um, kind of emerging, <laughs> um, from, from the kind of what our world has been the past couple of years. So, um, yeah, I'm just thrilled to have had this opportunity to be here with you, Anne, and I thank you for inviting me to be here. Well, you are so welcome, and I've really enjoyed our conversation. Can I just say one more thing? I love yes. the name of your company. I love that. Oh, that's thank you. Wait. I've ch- I changed it, Reese. I spent a lot of time, and that's where I've landed, and it really it resonates with me. So I'm, I love when people um, it resonates with them too. So thank you. I I. I I love, I love it so much. I can't even tell you spark because we, <laughs> we need more of that in this world. We do. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me, Stephanie. Thank you. Hi everybody. Thanks so much for joining me on today's episode of community possibilities. I hope you were inspired by what you heard. I have a big announcement for you. I have a new free mini course that is available that I have designed for community coalition and nonprofit leaders. I've found that something that gets community leaders over their fear of evaluation or maybe it helps them make it more of a priority anyway, is to think about how they can use their data to reach their audience. So in this free mini course, I talk about infographics and success stories, and uh, even throw in an activity that you can do with your community group. So uh, check it out. I'll put the link in the show notes so that you can go on over and grab that mini course. And before I let you go, just want to remind you that it's so helpful if you would 
like and share, and maybe even take that extra second to write a review about the podcast. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time.